Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. We're moving to 2 Timothy 1 as our opening text, familiar verse. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This morning, with the help of the Lord, we're going to talk about source over substance. We're going to examine happiness and joy this morning. We're going to talk about the source over the substance. Let's pray together today. God, we thank you for an opportunity to worship today. Thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to come and hear your word. God, I pray you would anoint it, that it would be blessed for your glory, for your kingdom alone. God, for you and you alone are the reason that we're here and that we grow and that we are victorious. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Source over substance. So to start our study, we're going to walk through. We're going to walk through very slowly and very carefully. And no, that doesn't mean we're going to be here forever. But we're going to talk here slowly and carefully. We're going to examine some things here. And we're going to talk about happiness and joy. There's a lot of areas that happiness and joy kind of overlap. They kind of are hard to pull apart. They're sort of synonymous in a lot of areas. But there are a lot of areas that they are not. To begin our study, uh, ready for a curveball here, we're going to start with the carbon element. The carbon element element. That's where we're going to start. We're going to learn a little bit about this, and we're going to tie this in throughout our study. The carbon element is the fourth most abundant element in the world. It's the second most common element in your body. It's a vital part of many things that we enjoy. Petroleum products, which give us gasoline, oil, plastics, petroleum products, Textiles and the clothes you wear, diamonds, graphite, and so much more. There's a lot of things that carbon makes. We're going to focus in on just two of these as we start our study this morning. We're going to focus in on diamonds and graphite. And the cool thing about diamonds and graphite is carbon is the only ingredient. Both of these items are purely carbon. So how, might you ask, are carbon or are, uh, graphite and diamonds so incredibly different if they're made of exactly the same thing? That's a great question. We're going to get into that. So you start preparing them in exactly the same way. Also, you start, you take carbon elements, you put them under pressure, under heat for a long time. And that's what gives you both of these items. So then why are they so different? You prepare them the same. You put the same ingredients in and you get drastically different things. To produce graphite, you put carbon under pressure of about 75,000 PSI. For every inch of graphite, you need 75,000 pounds of pressure. You need about 750 degrees heated. 
Amy Huang with Diamonds Forever describes the following recipe for a diamond. Place carbon atoms in the Earth's mantle 100 miles below the surface at 2,200 degrees at 727,000 pounds of pressure. Set the timer for one billion years. And I mean, I think her timing's a little off, but we're going to let her have her moment here. When it's done, let it cool completely. Cut it before you serve it. End quote. So diamonds require about 10 times the pressure that graphite does. It requires about three times the amount of heat that it does. And I hope by now you see where we're going. The things that God's forming in your life that are going to be diamonds is going to take a whole lot more pressure. It's going to take a whole lot more heat. And I'm not trying to knock on graphite here. It's very useful. I love it when I need a pencil. But we're going for diamonds here. We're going for things in our life that God is forming that are going to be precious, that have a very, very specific purpose. These things that God will need to form in your life are going to take a while. They're going to be hot. They're going to be, there's going to be a lot of friction. There's going to be a lot of things you don't really like. But these are things that take time. The things that God has planned for your life that are going to form into diamonds are going to take time. They're going to take pressure. They're going to take heat. Diamonds are regarded as the hardest natural substance on earth. God is trying to form something in you that will not be easily bruised. It will not be easily stolen. It will not be easily cut, offended, pulled out of the race, set aside, or quit. God wants to form things in you that nothing else can stand against. If you let him finish, if you do not let him finish, you'll likely be hurt. You'll likely run into moments where you want to give up. You'll likely run into moments where you're going to get bruised. You're going to get cut. You're going to get worn. You're going to get weary. Isn't it kind of ironic, kind of ironic that to, for God to form these things that cannot be broken, you have to make yourself vulnerable. You have to make yourself, you have to take these things inside of you, and we each know what those are, these things inside of you that you find embarrassing, these things inside of you that you find disgraceful, these things inside of you that you find, man, those are battles I faced, and I just can't believe I went through those. Just like the man with the withered hand that God healed at the temple, right? What did he ask him to do? Show me your hand. Stretch forth your hand. It's such a weird way for God to do it, isn't it? Such a strange way. God's like, I'm going to heal you, but first show me the problem. He already knew what the problem was. He already knew exactly what the thing was, how to fix it when it happened. All He knew every single detail. But God said, I want you to show me where you see you're broken. I want you to show me in front of everybody. And I'm not saying God's going to have you do it in front of everybody. Hopefully not. But God's like, I want you to show me. I want you to become vulnerable. I want you to show me those places that nobody else knows about. I want you to tell me those things nobody else knows. I want you to show me these things that you see as your weakness, that you see as you need me to move, and I will move. So for God to take these things in your life, these broken pieces, for God to take these things that are fragile and make them as diamonds, first you have to show you're going to be vulnerable. You have to say, all right, God, I'm giving you everything. And you can't do it like a patty cake everything because God knows. You can't fake this. You have to say, God, here's my pieces. Here's, my, here's these things that are messed up. And God will take them and out of those with heat, with pressure, with time, begin to make diamonds. 
Graphite atoms are arranged in a plane. So picture that like pieces of paper stacked on each other. And the cool thing about diamond and graphite is they go on forever. As long as you leave those carbon elements in those positions, they will continue to grow forever. So this graphite, you just stack papers on top of one another. You just keep stacking them. That doesn't have any strength. It doesn't have any integrity, any structural integrity. But diamonds, however, and I better be careful to read this because I can't read this, but I cannot memorize this yet. Diamonds are arranged, I can't find it, tetrahedrally. Tetrahedrally, thanks Brandon for that nod. I'm glad you're here. I was studying this, I was like, man, I hope Brandon's here. I'm gonna get that little nod of approval from the pharmacist. (laughs) Diamonds are arranged tetrahedrally. So picture a pyramid, right? They're like pyramids stacked on top of one another, just again and again and again and again. That is a very, very strong formation. It, cannot, it will not buckle under pressure. It will not give up. It will not be bruised. Say, I, might be, uh, I may be hit, but I will not fall down. I may come into circumstances where I want to give up, but I will not give up because the pressure, because the time, because all these things that God has used to push me and to form me, because of that, I am strong. Because you're showing him you're vulnerable, he will form you into these things that will not be broken. Because of the pressure you're facing now you will not buckle under pressure in the future these things God's forming in you will not be easily broken graphite absorbs light it absorbs light any light that is put on graphite it will absorb that light while inversely diamonds will disperse light they will scatter it they will throw it everywhere they'll throw light everywhere in every direction So the things that will happen, if you pull out of the process too early, you're going to want to take these things that God's doing to you and hoard them to yourself, right? You're going to want to take them, put them in the closet. Ain't nobody getting this. This is mine. This is my blessings. These are my stories. These are my embarrassments. This is my stuff. Ain't nobody seeing my stuff. I'm keeping it all to myself. Everything's picture perfect. Don't be looking closer. But diamonds, on the other hand, they're just refracting light. A diamond sits there, and as you point light on it, it just goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. It can't keep light to itself. As God begins to bless you, if you're a diamond, you can't keep it to yourself. You can't help but talk about it. You can't help but tell somebody, let me tell you what God did in my family. Let me tell you what God did in my finances. Let me tell you what God did in my brokenness in my past. They share it at every opportunity. So that leads us into happiness and joy. Look for those, there's parallels. As we go through our study, we're gonna pull some of these out. So we normally perceive happiness when everything's fine, everything's great, and we're smiling about it, right? Everything's good, I'm happy. Clap around if you feel, sorry, I had to. I might get fired now, but that's okay. And joy, so happiness was when everything's great and you're so happy and you're smiling about it. Man, it's Friday, we're getting off early, the boss bought us lunch, everything went good, we didn't fight nothing, it's been super nice, it's been great. And joy, on the other hand, is when everything's terrible. Everything's good, I got joy. Everything's really terrible, but I'm supposed to put on this fake phony smile like a good Christian and say everything's okay, super. I got a relationship with God. Everything's fine. Come on, don't tell me you haven't been there. You put on some fake smiles and you really gritted your teeth once or twice. Probably this week you've done it. Because that's what we think joy is, right? 
That's it. Joy is when everything's terrible and you're like, hey, everything's fine. I'm a chronic optimist, all right? I am. I'm a, the, the most chronic optimist you'll ever meet. But even I run into circumstances where I'm like, there's got to be more to this joy thing than this. Then just me putting on this mask, this facade, right, where everything's really terrible, and I would love to tell you all about it. Explain it, not complain it to you, but explain. I'd love to tell you why all this is terrible and why my circumstance and my situation's way worse than yours. But I got joy, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to smile, put on my little fake face, and get my way through it. So not to say that analogy isn't true all the time, sometimes Sometimes you got to fake yourself through things. Sometimes you got to put on your face and say, I am blessed. I'm moving forward. I don't care what this circumstance says. So not to say that that analogy isn't exactly correct. It's just incomplete, right? That's just the piece of it that we choose to look at because it's the easiest to look at. It's the easiest to see. It goes much, much deeper than this, however. So let's talk about happiness first. Happiness. Kendra Cherry. Actually, first, turn somebody and give them your biggest happy smile. Come on, like a real one, like you're really happy. All right, we'll work on that. Kendra Cherry, authoring a study, tells us that happiness is, and I quote, an emotional state that is characterized by feelings of joy, satisfaction, contentment, and fulfillment, end quote. Doesn't that sound nice? I'm joyous, I'm satisfied, I'm content, I'm fulfilled, I am happy. That sounds good, right? That's, those are nice moments. Those are happy moments. But you know what? They're like unicorns. They don't happen all the time. They're like chasing these things. <clears throat> I'm get ahead of myself. Happiness in our current culture is when it's, it's incredibly fragile, right? This happiness, you know, you ask somebody at work, how you doing? I guarantee you, you ask 500 times, you'll never hear, well, I'm happy. It's a Monday. It's Tuesday. It's Wednesday. It doesn't matter what day it is. It's like, it's, you know, it's whatever. I don't really want to work. I'm whatever. You'll never get the answer, I'm happy. I'm happy. Because these moments in our society have to be, had to fit certain criteria. You have to have all these perfect stars aligned moments, right? You have to, and I'm going to read this because I wrote it and I want to get it right. You have to catch every light green. You have to run into no cops because you're going exactly the speed limit because you woke up early for work. You felt rested. You ate a good breakfast. You did your whole routine and everything was perfect at work because you have the perfect job. Everything went smooth. Everybody was just waiting to serve you. And then just out of the corner of your eye, you saw a unicorn, right? That's the perfect, that's how, does anybody have, a, have those days? You know, you don't wake up five minutes before you got to leave and run through the house grabbing whatever you can for lunch, and then you get to work, and you're like, what on earth is all this junk? But though that's happiness, right, as we define it in our current culture. And if we spend all of our time chasing that version of happiness, we will drive ourselves insane because it's rarely going to happen. So then what is happiness, right? I've taken the time to sufficiently crush that argument. So then what is it? What is happiness? Proverbs 3 and verse 13, we'll glean from that. Happy is the man. Okay, good, good, here we go. Happy is the man that finds wisdom and that gets understanding. Happy there, when we take it in its original Word, it means happiness or blessedness. There's synonymous terms right there. You are happy or you are blessed. So that's being happy, being blessed. Super deep, I know. I know we're getting somewhere now and you're like, man, what time is lunch? 
But contrast that with the version that we see every single day. We see the, the times that everything has to be perfect, everything has to align, every single detail has to be prim, proper, and in line. And the psalm, the, the proverb says, you're blessed, right? Your job may not be perfect, but you're blessed. Your bill's name might be perfect, but you're blessed. Your car may make funny noises, but you're blessed. Your tires may cause you to slide here and there, but you're blessed. Your kids may drive you nuts, but you're blessed, right? Right, I know, just hang on with me. I promise this isn't all of it, but we're getting somewhere, but I wanna set that foundation. You're blessed. So happiness is blessedness. So we define happiness as this emotional high, right? This emotional stimulant that, man, I'm so happy. This is great. Everything's happened. I'm so happy. These moments in our lives that everything goes our way. But the Bible says you're blessed, right? The Bible says you're blessed. Now, I was mentally chewing on this, and I'm, I, I promise this is the last thing in the message I had to tie together. I had all of it done, and then I came back to this, and it was on the way to the installation service Friday, and I was sitting there. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get some work done. I'm gonna finish this, and I chewed on it and chewed on it, and probably for an hour, I was chewing on this. I was praying about this, and the more I thought about it, the more confused I got. It didn't make sense to me. Like, God says you're happy because you're the state of happiness is the state of being blessed. But the world says, and we see, and we experience this moment of, of, of emotional high, right? This, and just didn't make sense. These are, these are not things that can be synonymous. But then I got it. Finally, God got it through my thick skull. We are wrong. Yeah, we're wrong. The fact is, you are blessed when you are blessed. Most of the time, you feel that happy sensation, right? What happens if I come up and hand you a $100 bill, Gavin? That's sweet. I ain't gonna do it, but that'd be sweet. <laughs> right? You feel that, ooh, that's great. That's super. You just got a raise. Ooh, that's awesome. That's great. Let's read that same verse again, Proverbs 3, and we're gonna read it in the amplified version. We're getting a couple verses behind that too. Happy, blessed, considered, fortunate to be admired is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom and the man who gains understanding and insight, learning from God's word and life's experience. Okay, here comes the big part, ready? For wisdom's profit is better than the profit of silver. It's better than the gain of fine gold. She's more precious than rubies and nothing you can wish for compares with her in value Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are highways of pleasantness and favor, and all her paths are peace. Isn't that exciting? Doesn't that make you feel a little happy? You're like, man, wisdom is all of that? I didn't know that. That's cool. I feel that, that excited, that emotional stimulant, right? Or if you didn't, I didn't. Sorry, you should read it again. But it's exciting. I'm blessed. I'm happy. So at that moment, those things are, are synonymous, Happy and blessed is the man that finds wisdom and that gains understanding. So walk with me here. We view happy as these emotions, right? And we view blessed as a state of being blessed by God. These things are achieved, the proverb tells us, when we find wisdom. When you find wisdom and you get understanding, the proverb tells you, you will be happy. Okay, so what all does that mean? Let's walk through that again. We've talked about that wisdom is the application of knowledge, right? Wisdom means I know something, and that means I do or do not do something because I know that, right? Would I take off walking across 465 in rush hour? No, I sure wouldn't. Why? Because I'm gonna get smashed by a truck. 
Now, some of you would say, well, that's just stupidity. But it's the application of knowledge. Because I know I would get crushed, I am not going to do that. That is wisdom, right? Okay, perfect. I know we're getting deep. But then now let's bring it onto the other side of happiness and joy. Sorry. Because we have made happiness all about the emotion. We've made it all about the emotion and not the knowledge and reality of what it is, the state of being blessed. So let's draw a parallel here. So we know that presents were given to Jesus on the first Christmas, right? The wise men brought presents and gave them to Jesus. But today, we have made Christmas, and I say collectively as a culture, we've made Christmas more about the gifts than the Jesus, right? And I'm not all about, you can buy me gifts. I'm okay with that. I'm not preaching against gifts. I'm just saying we've made it more about the shopping, the lists, the gifts, the decorations, the trappings, the all this, that, and the other, more than the source. We've made it more about the substance than it is the source. We worry more about the, uh, like a giant pile of substance that has the opportunity to make me happy than I do just getting connected to the one who makes me blessed and happy. Right? You see it? Happiness and blessedness. We've made it more. So let's connect those two. We've made it more about the feeling, the emotion of happiness than the actual state of being blessed. Right? Because being blessed doesn't always give you those warm, fuzzy feelings inside. But does it mean you're not blessed? No. You're just as blessed in the moments and the seasons of life that are deserts, that are storms, that are not very fun to walk through, than you are in the, the seasons of life that are perfect, that are great. Everything's going your way. For instance, or being blessed is not dependent on the emotional feeling. The emotional feeling is a common byproduct. So usually when you're blessed, like when I was going to give Gavin $100 bills, or $100 bill, man, I just keep going up, don't I? Because I was going to give that to him, he would normally feel excited. But there are times when you are blessed, you don't feel that. You don't feel these excited goosebumps. For instance, what if I told you that I have been blessed to walk through a leukemia diagnosis? I'll promise you, I didn't feel warm, fuzzy feelings nearly any of those moments. But you know what? I'm stronger now walking through it. So, so I'm blessed, right? God gave me strength. Not how I thought he would. You know what else he gave me? Patience. You know what else he gave me? Perspective. You know what else he gave me? He gave me a closer walk with him than I could ever imagine. So you see that? I didn't feel like I was blessed. I didn't feel happy, but I am happy. I am blessed. And you know what you do? You line it up. Scripture says, if I'm blessed, I'm happy. And I'm not talking about this, you know, name it, claim it. You know, if you live your best life now. But the idea is when you are blessed, you know you're blessed. So be happy about it. So I can walk through a diagnosis of cancer and say, I'm blessed, in, in the middle, after the fact, and say, I'm blessed, I'm happy. I'm happy that God has walked me through this. If you'd have given me the choice at the time, I may not have chosen it. I believe there's lots of opportunities we miss blessings because we don't want them. What if God gave you the option? What if he told you you're going to walk through losing your job? 
You're gonna almost lose your family. This is gonna happen. That's gonna happen. You're gonna get sick. You're gonna get weary. You're gonna be broken. What if God told you all of that? How many are signing up? No way. I see a couple like, I'm with you. I probably wouldn't either because it doesn't feel good. What if I told you all and gave you the option? You can have that or you can go outside and hit up the money tree outside. Daddy going shopping. (laughs) The idea is you are blessed sometimes even more in the moments you don't feel it than you are in the moments you do feel it. But we have made it all about this emotional stimulant. We've made it all about how does this make me feel? How does a situation make me feel inside? That, to me, determines how blessed the situation it can be, right? No, those are two human eyes. That's the tiny keyhole of a picture that God is painting an entire universe in your life, that he is forming diamonds. And at the time, we pick graphite every single time because it's easier, because it's less work, because I can see when I get money, I'm happy. I can see when I'm blessed in very specific ways. Oh, this is great. God's blessing me. Things are so good. But on the back end, it's such a small, minute blessing in the sense of things that could be when you're forming diamonds. When God's forming some things in your life, don't miss it. Don't say, well, I'm, not, I'm just not, how many said this? I'm just not happy about this situation. But it's blessing you. It doesn't matter how you feel about the situation. The reality of the situation is God is blessing you more in these hard times, in these difficult times, in these times that don't make a lick of sense. God's blessing you more than the moments that seem so cut, clear, and perfect. So you're blessed. You're happy. You are blessed. So now let's talk about joy. Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. So joy there, when we look up the, uh, the original definition, it's really cool. It's the first time I've seen this uh, when looking up in the original text. The word here for joy, it tells us that it is an etymological link between three different words. So what exactly does that mean? That means this word is the product of three other words exclusively. So when you look at joy, we look at joy right there. It is a fruit of the Spirit. God's telling us that from joy, because of these three products, you get joy. When you put these three things together, God says that is joy. So what exactly is it? It is yario, yara, and yaris. And those words are as followed. Grace. Joy because of grace and rejoice because of grace, right? So that's joy. When we look at the original text, perfectly translated, that's joy. Joy is grace, joy because of grace, and rejoice because of grace, right? So before we get too far into this, we're gonna hit this here in a minute. Let's quote from, or let's look at Ephesians 2. So what is grace then, right? So what is grace? If we're to joy because of grace and rejoice because of grace, Ephesians 2 and 8, for by grace... Are ye saved through faith and not of yourselves? It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should be, lest any man should boast. Okay, so we're quoting from Bible Hub's word study here and tells us, and I quote, grace refers to God freely extending himself, his favor, his grace, reaching, inclining to his people because he is disposed to bless them and to be near them. 
he is extended to giving himself away to people because he is always leaning towards them. That is grace, end quote. So now when I see this, that paints a whole different picture, right? So I'm gonna picture that as we, talk, as we see Jesus in the wilderness, right? When he's being tempted and the devil takes him up to the pinnacle of the tower and says, I'll give you all this if you'll just lay down and bow, and, or lay it, if you'll bow unto me. Struggling this morning. And he said mockingly to him, I'm reading this in the amplified version. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it's written, he will give his angels command concerning you to serve, to care for, to protect and watch over. And they will lift you up on their hands so that you'll not strike your foot against the stone. So picture that, okay? That's grace. Grace is God standing right there saying, come on, just give me the word. I'm right here, all right? When you open your mouth and say, God, give me vision in this. Give me some perspective in this. Give me wisdom in this. God, allow me to know. Give me my next step. Let me know. God's standing there. He's near to you, right? So he's standing right here beside you. And he's like, come on, just give, me per- just give me permission and I'll take care of it. Just give me permission and I'll show you the way. Just give, and it says he's inclined to giving himself away. God's standing there saying, I'll give you everything. You just let me in. Just show me, like we were talking about earlier, just show me your vulnerabilities and I'm gonna take care of the rest, right? So that's grace. Grace is God's proximity to you. Grace is the fact that God is walking right next to you every moment of every day. That's grace. And he's waiting to bless you. He's just waiting. He's chomping at the bit. Like we just see where the the devil quoted, or Satan quoted Psalms 91, giving charge concerning, you just gotta give the word. And your angel, if you jump down, your angels are gonna swoop up and grab you so you don't dash your foot against the stone. So you don't even stub your toe. Your angels are waiting for the moment for you to give them something to do. So God is walking with you, just waiting, right? He's just waiting, saying, come on, come on, give me a chance. Give me, let me in. Don't take care of that yourself. Don't be going from your gut here. Just ask me and I'll give you knowledge. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you whatever you need. You just gotta ask. That's God's grace, that he wants that. I can think of a lot of times, I ain't going there. So then let's go back. What is joy? We'll put some rubber to the road here. Joy is not when your world's gone crazy and you're still smiling, right? That might be a substance of joy sometimes. Sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to say, well, the circumstances are driving me crazy. This, this stuff in my life is going nuts, but I know I'm blessed, but I know I will be joyful about it. Joy is rejoicing no matter the circumstances because you know God is close. Because you know the source is right there with you. In those moments when you're feeling pressure, those moments you're feeling pain, you're feeling friction, you do not understand why what's going on is going on to you, you look at it and say, but God's right next to me. He ain't never leaving you alone. He never forsaked you. He is right beside you. So the substance of joy may not be there, but you know what is? The source of joy. Every ounce of joy you could ever want or need is walking right next to you. 
In the moments you feel pain, healing is right next to you. The moments you feel distress, peace is walking right with you. The source over the substance. So we looked at joy having a three-part definition. It's grace. It's joy because of grace. And it's rejoicing because of grace. So when I have situations and circumstances, when I don't feel happy, I don't feel joyful, I don't feel great about what's going on, what do you need to do to get joy? Proverbs said, happy is the man that what? Finds wisdom, gets understanding. So here we are. We're getting understanding and we're finding wisdom. So in these moments, you really just can't explain what's going on. You really don't know why this is happening. You just can't put it through why this storm has visited your house. Right? What's going on? Why is it happening? But you look at it and you say, God's right next to me. The source is right next to me. So you do what? You joy because of grace. All right. I'm joying because of grace. God, I'm in this situation. I don't have any idea what's going on. I don't know why it's happening to me, but I'm joying because of grace. I'm joying because you're right next to me. I'm joying because, okay, it didn't work, right? We've all been there. You try, to, you, you, you try to remind yourself, I'm blessed. I know this is going on. I feel distressed, but I'm blessed. But then what is the third part? You rejoice. You do it again. You do it again. You do it again. Sometimes I have to remind myself several times, I have to get it through this hard head sometimes, that these circumstances don't really matter. These small picture things that are going on in my life, in my circumstances, don't really matter. So I'm going to enjoy because of grace. Okay, that didn't work. Now I will rejoice because of grace again and again and again. And then what happens? Then you start reading verses like Romans 8, 28. And we feel that all things, no, wait, hold on. What is that? Is that up there? We feel, right? Happiness is about feeling. So I should feel all things are working for me. Is that right? I should feel. No, I will know it. I know it. Happy is the man that finds wisdom, gets understanding. I understand that I am blessed. I understand that what? All things work together for the good to them that are called according to his purpose, right? I know that. So then what do I do with that? What you do with that knowledge is joy. You will joy because of that. You will say, I am joyful because I know this circumstance is working something great. It's like what we talked about earlier when those blessings that we turn down a lot of times end up blessing us way more than the ones that look really appetizing and tempting in the outset. You know all things work together. And then once you start seeing that, you say, well, God, you know what? I do see some things you're doing. This I do see some potential that you're doing. God, give me eyes to see in this season what you're doing. Give me eyes to see in this moment what you're doing. And then you know what happens? You begin to see, like we did earlier, that wisdom is better than silver. Wisdom is better than the riches of fine gold, than rubies, than all this stuff. And then what happens? 
then you begin to feel it. You begin to remind yourself and you joy and you rejoice and say, God, I know you're doing something this season. I know I may not understand it, but I know you're doing something. God, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know exactly what you're doing, but you're doing something. God, I can't understand it. I just lost my job, but I know you're doing something. God, I can't understand it. I don't have any idea what you're doing, but I know you're doing something. All right, so then you rejoice and you rejoice and you rejoice. And then all of a sudden, you feel it. You feel that byproduct, right? You feel that emotion. You feel that happiness. You don't have to be happy to be happy. You have to have joy. You have to remind yourself the substance is less than the source. Just because I don't feel it, I know it. When I don't see it, you're working. When I don't feel it, you're working. When I can't quite put my finger on why this is happening, you're working. You're doing it. Remind yourself, God has a plan for me. God is doing something in my life. And when those voices come in and start telling you, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Why are you doing this? God's just toying with you. God's just messing with you. You do all this stuff for him, but he's just messing with you. Remind yourself, this is God's plan. This is his plan and his purpose. And the things that he does through me are far greater than the things that I can do for me. The plan that he will work in me is better than the plan that I could pick or even dream for myself. Happiness and joy in circumstances in your life that you perceive as super uncomfortable, as friction building, pressure, heat, pain, frustration, all this stuff builds. You see the moments that God's preparing you to be formed like a diamond, to be immovable, to be unshakable. You'll get to these points in your future where things will hit you, storms will hit you, and you'll be like, I've been there before. These things, God's gonna arrange you in a way that you have structural integrity. God's gonna arrange you in a way that you will not be bruised. You will not be cut. You will not give up. You will not give in. You will have resolve. You'll have strength. You'll have resilience. You'll be refracting God's light. You'll be strong. As you reflect the light of Christ in your life, people will be attracted to that. And it's not just about this fake emotion that we've been talking about. As you begin to reflect, as God begins to bless you, as God begins to bless you and pour out into you and his light shines on you and you're just flowing light everywhere, people will notice. People notice when you look at a diamond, what happens? The light catches your eye, doesn't it? The light that's shining on the, the diamond doesn't do anything in itself. The diamond is not a source of itself. You are not a source of anything yourself. You can't do anything to impress anybody. But the, the substance that God has in this deed, that is what it does. A.W. Tozer said, everything in the universe is good to the degree it conforms to the nature of God, and it is evil as it fails to do so. Can you stand with me? Matthew 5 says, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Be a light 
in this world. As it, just as a diamond will catch your eyes as it scatters light across its beautiful prisms and refractive surfaces, you will do just the same when you're patient in God's process. When you wait when you don't know. When you wait when it doesn't make sense. As you wait when nothing seems like dots are connecting. God, I don't understand what you're doing. But as you, you stay submitted in the process, you yield to the process, God will begin to shine a light on you and it will reach far more than you could ever imagine. So this morning, the source over the substance. So if you've been in this life and you've been trying to manufacture happiness, you've been trying to grit your teeth and smile your way through circumstances you don't like or don't understand, just connect to the source this morning. God, I yield to you. I can't fake my way through this. I'm tired. I'm worn. I'm weary. But I'm going to remind myself that I'm blessed. I'm going to joy and rejoice in knowing your grace is right with me. Knowing that you are standing next to me at any moment, ready to bless me, ready to feed me, ready to clothe me, ready to walk with me through this storm, to walk with me through these moments of pressure, through these moments of forming, these moments of friction, these moments of pain. God, I submit to you. I want the source of happiness more than I want any substance of happiness. I want the source of joy more than I want any substance of joy. Now, if you'll step out in this place and submit to him this morning, God, I give you everything. God, I'm going to give you these pieces. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.